With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Dr. Laurie Santos. In a world that sometimes feels uncertain, there are beacons of hope in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network. We believe that the people living all around you are your best bet at creating meaningful social bonds and preparing you for the next big weather event. Whether it's lending a helping hand to a neighbor in need or standing together in times of natural disaster, Neighbor to Neighbor empowers you to grow your community. Visit caneighbors.com to learn how you can build a more connected community. Neighbor to neighbor. It takes a neighborhood. So it's uh, all for play for still? I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi, villains, and welcome to For the Love of Palmer Grab Podcast. I must really update that there. It says 235 subscribers. We are way past 200 <laughs> subscribers on YouTube. Uh, we're in the heady heights of about 400. Oh, my God, I'm getting a nosebleed. Um, <laughs> but anyway, we're not here to talk about our YouTube subscribers. But if you do like this podcast, you do wish to help us out. We would always love for you to subscribe on YouTube. Even if you're just an audio listener, the reason for it is we do the Team Sheet Tantrum primarily on YouTube. So it would be fantastic for you to come and join us and have a chat with us. And we had a fantastic one before this game, one that I thoroughly enjoyed. And we had loads of interaction and we're, we, got to, we got to 89 people watching it at any given time. And we're banging, we're hoping to get over that 100 mark. It's only small fry, I know, but for, to us, it's a big deal because we like having the chats and we like having the laugh with you guys. But as I said, we're not here to talk about YouTube members or anything like that. We're here to discuss, um, I suppose, a night that probably means more to Aston Villa fans than the result does. I suppose it's fair enough to say. Um, the result was obviously Nilil versus Everton in Villa Park tonight, but uh, tonight was 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 kind of a a good night, I think, on the, on the whole for Aston Villa fans, bar Maddie Cash's injury. But we'll talk about that first before we get into the game, Paddy. A um, couple of big things that happened in the game tonight. Obviously, we had the return of Jack Grealish. We spoke about yeah. it in the team sheet tantrum. We knew he was on the bench, but he came on. Talk to me about him, Paddy. Do you think he missed a step, or do you think he hit the ground where he left off? Um. I don't think he was completely up to, to match fitness, judging by his input into the game. And, and that's not any, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not putting him down by any stretch no. of the imagination. No. Um, that's only to be uh, expected. Um, I think I said in the team sheet tantrum that it would all depend on where we're at come that 70-minute mark. Um and it was that we were we we were still in with a chance of winning the game, and he was always going to come on and change the game. And he, he did create a, a whole lot more space. At one stage, he, he got on the ball, and there were four players around him. And it's just just to see the complete difference. And, and you know, he, he's up there. You could see the the others were like rabbits in the headlights. So they were just backing off and backing off and backing off, and they're just afraid of their life of 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 him and and what he can do. And he did he did show a couple of uh, magic touches, but I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him uh, possibly Sunday starting. I think I think it's a big possibility that you know, depending on what what his uh, reaction is to to his twenty minutes tonight, um, 
I, I can see that he'll probably start on Sunday because we 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 need the three points. We want to go above uh, the fifty point mark with two tough games next week to finish off the season. That I'm not expecting much from, but I'm expecting gung ho on Sunday and to go and win the game. I'll get back to remind me to come back to those two games as well after uh, to end the season because I'm a bit more optimistic in those two games. <laughs> uh, I think, but I'm I Jack think Reed. In fairness, I think I was a bit more optimistic before tonight. I, I just I feel a little bit flat. I thought I thought it was a poor game. I thought a lot there was an awful lot of errors in the game from both sides, mm. which you know I was re- I think I was really looking forward to the game because our first game with them last week was such a really good, good solid performance end to end stuff, and we just mm. saw none of that tonight really. So uh, I think for that reason, I'm just a little bit deflated. So apologies in advance for that. <laughs> You know, and uh, will you remind me as well? It's nearly eleven o'clock at night. Uh, will you remind me to come back to why I why I've got a also slightly different mindset <laughs> on that, Paddy? Just keep reminding me about stuff tonight if you can, because I'm going to go on a small bit of uh, um of a chat about Jack Grealish first. But um, I was thrust into the limelight of the of the Villa view. Unfortunately, but Dan Bardell um uh, was unable to do the Villa view tonight at short notice, and I had to step into the into the bright lights. And uh, when it's not your own podcast, you'd be afraid in case you'd break it. But I did go on, and I did I did have a chat about uh, about Jack Grealish, and I like uh, we all saw him on on Instagram, we all saw him on all those um, on social media, and and he was putting in the work on the bike. He was there with Ali Stevenson, and and you know he is very dedicated to his craft. But my God. Like when he stepped onto the field today, he looked like a beast. You know, he, he looked like he'd bulked up even more since, yeah. uh, you know. And you look back and you think back, remember when he was in the champ, when he was uh, laid off for all those games in the championship as well? Same thing happened. He came back and he was in rare shape when he came back from injury as well. And I really like to see that. But I will tell you one thing but he got that kick in the shin from Alan, and he went, I think it was Alan, and he went down. I went, Oh no! Oh no! 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 This isn't this isn't what you want to see. But he popped up, yeah. and uh, uh, you know they did leave a bit on him when he came on. But uh, I was intri- I was intrigued by him. You know he's he he cut in off the left a couple of times, as you see that that camera angle was brilliant when uh, he did get the ball out by the sideline. Four people converged on him again. We haven't yeah. seen that since he's been out of the team. Think no. of all the space that that will open up over the coming course, games. Yeah. I said, I said to Stephen when it happened. It, you remember the iconic photograph of Maradona against Belgium? That, <laughs> that's what it reminded me of. You know, it was just like, oh God, what are we going to do here? And yeah. they're all lined up to, to if one was going to miss the t- challenge, the second man was in and whatever. Yeah. And you know, with with a few better players around us, around him next season, we could be looking at a really exciting season. I really believe that. Mm. But uh, it's up, it's up to the owners and the managers now to select those correct players. That's it. And that's a whole Absolutely. other podcast, as you like to say. <laughs> Absolutely. And we have a lot of them lined up. Some of them would be pine the sky fanciful stuff, just because they're players I think would absolutely nail the Premier League and uh, the farm players obviously would nail the Premier League and would suit this this style of play. And we will come to you with that. Don't you worry. We have tricks up our sleeve to bait the band. But um, I think as well, Paddy, we mentioned the game itself and you said that the game was a bit flat. And I've actually watched back a small bit of the game, fits and starts of it. I, I kind of wound through bits and pieces. There was there was a couple of passages of play that I wanted to I wanted to watch, and it just goes to show that obviously Keenan Davis started this game, and I'm not going to come in here and throw the boot in on Keenan Davis. I've had a couple of people message me on Twitter saying, "Lads, look, the Keenan Davis ship has sailed. He was shite tonight." I don't think that. I think look, he didn't do anything fantastic. He didn't do anything do anything poor. I think it was tough for him to play against three at the back and. I'm not going to discuss his performance too much. I I, no. I can leave that to you in a moment. But yeah. what I think the difference, obviously, the, the, and, and this is categorically the biggest difference, I think, is between the last game and this game is Ollie Watkins moved their center halves all over the place. So there were spaces. There were spaces for us to run into. We could get in a counterattack. We couldn't get any counterattacking going up there without the movement of Ollie Watkins. Um, and it, it just goes to show, like, that it's been a while since we've seen Jack and Ollie Watkins uh, up front together. And I think we've forgotten how fluid we can be. Yes, when we played against West Ham and West Ham double marked Jack Grealish. Yes, we were a bit 
downtrodden. That was coming off COVID. It was coming off a tough, a, 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 a tough uh, Christmas season as well. You know, prior to that, that's where we got all our luck. And I can completely understand why why you think that game. What I'm not going to say you think that game was flat. It was a flat game. But yeah. the reason that I'm a small bit more buoyed about it is we controlled possession for a good lot of that game. Like we finished, I think, on 59% possession. Well, we did. Yeah. Villa don't do that. You know, we, we it was a boring game because we controlled it. We just had no teeth in attack. And, and in a kind of a sadistic way, I was kind of happy the fact that we were the masters of our own destiny in this game. And yes, Everton dealt with everything we did quite easily, bar the Ming's head a chance, which he should have stuck. I think I think we I think we're all yeah. we're all in, uh, in agreement that he should have stuck that. But I'm um I'm uh as I say, I was kind of uh, I think Dean Smith as well would be happy with how we control the game. But obviously, as he said in his post-match press conference, he said, look, we just didn't have any attacking impetus when we were up front. And, and, and I'd be very much the, came away from it thinking that. But I also think that that gives us a springboard going into the last three games. The fact that, you know, Everton are no mugs. They're a good yeah. side. And, and I know they're playing away from home, but they're, they're, and they're what, the fourth best team away from home this year. They're a good yeah. side. If we can dominate the ball against a team like Everton, we had a lot of the ball against Manchester United as well. We dominated against Everton in the first game. You know, we're coming off three games where we're, we're you know, we're holding our own. We're we're passing the ball around and we're getting we're, we're working our way into games. I I I and I think I think Spurs are treading water. You know, with with Ryan Mason, I, he's not going to get a job full time. Like, you know, he's just not. And Chelsea are going to be playing the Champions League final. Um. A number of days after they play us, yeah. I don't know. I'm ready to throw on the. I'm ready to try on the Hawaiian shirt and dance down the street after you know nine points in a row to finish the season. Um, I think it's possible. Um, but getting oh, back to this, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. This is a mad, strange Premier League season. So for me, nothing is impossible. Let's let's. Um, I just want to briefly touch on Keenan Davis because, um. I saw a lot of people sticking the boot in on him. Just going to give my take on it. Um, yeah. I felt the two wingers let him down tonight. I thought they were missing in action for large periods of the game. I forgot An- Anwar Al-Ghazi was on the pitch until about the 60th minute when he started to, to, to come into play. Maybe he saw Jack was warming up. I have no idea. But it's the first time I noticed him. Um, Bertrand Traore, too hot and cold tonight for me. Shows these amazing touches and flicks and and does amazing stuff and then goes missing for twenty minutes. I enjoyed so, him tonight. I enjoyed Bertrand Troy just because I felt he was trying to make something happen. Yeah, he's wild and he's he's you know like you can't yeah. you know he's he he just wants to like if I was picking a five aside team in the morning. I definitely pick him because he just he just be amazing in a five aside game mm. because you could just let him off. But you when know what? he he's got he's going to be. I in I think he's going to be what I call a, a 60 30 player. He's going to play 60 minutes one week, he's going to play 30 minutes the next yep. week. But that's when he, we're we're going to have to supplement that with somebody else. So be that somebody who's playing in Ross Barkley's position now or somebody who's going to alternate with him. Yes. But I I I think next season he's going to come into his own, but he can't do that without other good players around him. And it just felt tonight that we yeah, didn't have enough around him to allow him to express himself that way. And for that reason, I felt Keenan was very isolated. He got some ball centrally into the feet, and I thought he'd done very well. He held the ball up. He offloaded. We didn't do an offload with it afterwards. But uh, I'm not downbeat on Keenan Davis on tonight's performance at all. It was a difficult game against a, a very a difficult side to play against. So... You know, I'm not. I'm not in the in the um, of the opinion that we should be calling him out because I think there was more out there tonight. I think you hit the nail in the head. I think like Keenan Davis's ineffectuality tonight, and and Bertrand Troor is, I suppose, like he tried to make stuff happen, but like Ross Barkley was poor. You know, we're, we're not calling out, but like one cog in that front four, when one cog isn't firing, it's a very different beast up there. Yeah. And Ross Barkley wasn't firing tonight. And when Bertrand Troy was trying to come in through the middle, like he wasn't drawing players away from him. He was standing there. You know, yeah. he lit just like a lot of times he was just standing there, like, you know, and, and, and maybe he was told to do that. I don't know. But 
You know, and, and it's probably, probably not going to pick from playing with Ollie Watkins that he knows what to expect from yes. Ollie Watkins. Yeah. And it was a completely different centre forward up there tonight as well. So, and, look, it, did, it didn't work for him. I think I think that's where I'd leave it with Barkley. He had an off day because it wasn't working for him. And I'm, I'm fine with it. Oh, but, yeah. But from, from the word go, I didn't think his head was in the game. It, it, his corner, his first corner of the game went about 10 yards and hit the guy in front of him. I was like, yeah. Oh. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah, we probably won't. I, I I think it's probably fair to say that could be his last game in Villa Park in Aston Villa colours. Um, he's not going to be able to play against Chelsea. Yeah. So 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 it could be, but uh, yeah. Look, uh, look, we're not sticking the boot in in on him. I I just think he was ineffectual tonight. But because he was, he was subpar. I think other players when they were trying to make something happen, and specifically Bertrand Troy, I just think it was highlighted it because you know it was a case of Bertrand Troy probably had to do everything. Uh, you know, uh, to to, to kind of get, get into the position because, look, for what Keenan Davis gives you, he's not going to be like Eden Dzeko inside in the box, you know. Uh, he's he's just not. And, and look, he, he tried his heart out. He got 90 minutes tonight and uh, did a couple of good things. But, you know, just it, the, the scoring intent wasn't wasn't there for him. And, mm. and, and it just goes to show... The, the movement of Ollie Watkins is, is quite important. And I yeah. think that if you get somebody in there that maybe can play in that hole where, where Barkley plays, but has that effervescence and that movement to drag players out of position, to make players need to understand where he is. Um, I think that like like a kind of a one Mata in his, in his pomp when he was with Chelsea, or dare I say a Bruno Fernandes, that, uh, look, I know there's going to be huge money to get one of those players in, but somebody like that who's kind of a nuisance, a, a Joe Cole when he was flying it, you know, that one of those type of players that they can, uh, they they can open up a defense from the center. I think that will bring players like Bertrand Troy and Ollie Watkins and Jack Grealish and whatever other strikers come in through the doors. You know, I think that would really, really make them pop. Um, and don't forget that you know the the guys who are there are seeing something in training. From Keenan Davis, the players oh, love yeah. him. Not not alone. Dean Smith loves him. Jack Grealish adores him. Talks about him in, in very highly. As as does John McGinn. As does Maddie Cash. As does Maddie Target. I've I've heard them all talk about him. So they obviously have high hopes for him too. So I don't know. I don't know what we're going to spend. I don't know what we're going to buy. But I don't know whether he'll benefit from going out on loan. Is he a Premier League player now? Do we just stick with him and see what we get out? I don't. I honestly don't know. But uh, I'm, you know, I'm not. I'm not going in on him because no. I, I was happy with the work rate tonight. Not every player. Not every player that puts on the jersey for Aston Villa is going to be like we should know that at this stage. Not every mm. player that comes through our ranks is going to be Jack Grealish. Like we're just we've had Jack Grealish. Gordon Collins was probably the last person, <laughs> you know, they could have kept him Brian Little, like, like that, that generation, you know, to have those yeah. young crop of players, like, you know, so, um, and people know that, I, and I know why, I, I know why it's frustrating, but we just have no other striker, and then I, the counter argument is, but why have we left ourselves in this position, and, and, and look, that's a very valid question that I don't have the answer for, but we will now, I, I, I'd be very surprised if we were in that position again next year, and then the counter argument to that then is, but we said that last year, and I know, and I don't have an answer for that either, but yeah. uh, trust me on the process, I think, on this one, because Dean Smith did come out recently uh, in during the week and say that um, he was excited by the names that were uh, that were interested in coming to the club and the fans would be equally as excited. And Paddy, you know, I know me and you have heard a couple of names, and uh, we're not we're not in the business of breaking news or, or uh, trying out speculation there. But uh, you know that I got really excited about a name that we were told, and, and uh, uh, look, I don't know if it's pure or not, absolute horse. You know, but uh, it would be it would be nice to know that we were that we were thought of uh, that Aston Villa were thought of as being a step, uh, even a stepping stone for a player like that. It would be fantastic. But without, like, I'm not trying to get anybody's hopes up. This is not me trying to be in the know or anything like that. <laughs> Do not get. I'm only yeah. looking on Twitter. I'm only looking on Twitter, guys. Okay, that's all I'm yeah, doing. Anyone used to be being in the know. Yeah, we like we we all like whatever about being in the know. I had a conversation with you six weeks about a certain striker who I actually spoke to his agent. Now, I'm due to speak to him again soon on a different matter. So I'll address it again and try and find out. We might break the news before. Oh, <laughs> I, Patrick. You know, I hate, I hate doing things like that. I hate doing things like that because this is, uh, 
this is our this could be potentially our player and I think it could be a huge signing. And you, you you know who it is and you're each I do, <laughs> I know and I'm not gonna say it. Yeah. Um, look, <laughs> maybe when the season's over I'll, I'll be able to I might include him in in, in uh we might do an all exercise of who we'd sign for absolutely for a certain amount of money and I'll include him in there and people can find out who he is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But as I say, yeah, look, uh, anyway. We, <laughs> yeah, less than about that better. Um but uh, let's get back to the game. Um, also, I think in the game as well tonight, Paddy, it was a big milestone, was hit. Uh, we finally did it. You've been saying it for the last six or seven weeks about yeah. Emmy Martinez, and he's finally hit the milestone. 15 clean sheets uh, equaled Brad Friedland's record with and under fire Roy Hodgson to come on Sunday. What's yeah. the likelihood that he breaks the record, Paddy? Well, I think regardless about how, how optimistic you are next week, there's definitely goals in them teams. So if he's going to do it, he, he better do it Sunday. And there's no reason why he can't because uh, Palace are a poor side. Well, then again, they're not too far behind us in the league. Mm. Um, so, you know, anything is possible. But I, I really did think that that's been a, a monkey on his back for the last few weeks and he's been rather unlucky but on a certain certain occasions, let's call it. But... Uh, no less the Everton won the first time round. He was unlucky, um, and and even at that had to pull a couple of irons out of the fire today. One particular save at the near post, he just took out a big left hand and turned it around the post, and then towards the end made a great save with his knee um, to to you know to, to salvage a point for us. So he's been an absolute you know he's been a rip roaring success this season. He's been absolutely sensational. He's probably worth ten or fifteen points to us this season. Oh, huge! Yeah, he's without a doubt the reason that we're not looking over our shoulders and haven't been in for a very long time. So, um, I think we, I think we've got a diamond there, and we've just got to nurture him and make sure that he's he's ours now for the rest of his career. Yeah, and uh, like I, I've said this before, and I remember, and I'm going to put my hand up, and I'm going to say it. I was ne- I was in favor of the player. Um, I questioned at the time spending 18 to 20 million on a goalkeeper who uh when we had potentially had tom heaton coming back in after we signed him we realized that tom heaton wouldn't be back until after christmas i was like brilliant we've got an absolutely top class goalkeeper um so i've no problem putting my hand up and saying that that while the goalkeeper was absolutely fantastic the sample size was there we had seen him play for arsenal he he was like but Good goalkeeping, uh, good co- goalkeeping people were talking about him. Good coaches were talking about him. Good pundits yeah. were talking about him. You know, they'd seen what they what they knew about him. Then his ten year apprentice apprenticeship essentially before he come to Aston Villa. What a hero he is! He's mm. he's just a man. When you look at him, when I look at him, I see man. That's that's like you know you just uh, what I'm what, like archetypal prototype prototypical goalkeeping man is what i see he's just a legend like you know he's uh he's he, he even looks like a, a straight up dependable guy uh just just ticks all the boxes for me culturally um from from what he brings in the dressing room as well apparently you know the fact that he's uh he goes about his job diligently he had a um, I th- I think I saw, I heard somewhere that he had a, a had a, a football pitch or half a football pitch put in the, his back garden, and he got one of those uh, those ball launcher things, you know. So basically, you put a ball in, it launches the ball at you, and uh, when he's in goal. So during COVID, he had, it was a full set of goals, um, and and, and a ball launcher. I can't remember where I, I think I read that somewhere. Um, I think it might have been in the Athletic or something like that that uh, he had one of those installed. So like. This guy just eats, lives, and breathes playing in goals. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's a credit to our club. I hope we hold on to him. Whatever we spent on him, 18, 20 million, put an mm. extra 30 on it now because he's gone on to show that, like, like he should be in every single team of the year as the best goalkeeper in the Premier League this season. And, and it shouldn't even be a question um, yeah. because some of the saves he's made and some of the games he's kept us in have just been breathtaking, you know, mm. breathtakingly good. Funny enough, Roy Keane doesn't agree with you. But you know what? This happened to be the only thing I heard tonight from Roy Keane, and I just pressed the mute button and went about my business. What an absolute asshole of a man! Just, just, you know, just couldn't wait to be talking about the the overhyped shite that was on after us. I went and bought paint rather than watch it. You and actually I, did go by paint. <laughs> did, yeah. Um, and I, I, I watched the last half an hour just because it was on when I came home. But uh, for me, 
I, I, I can't pick out a better goalkeeper in the Premier League this season. There's different types of goalkeepers. Obviously, Allison is a fantastic goalkeeper. Um, but Alice, Allison, Allison was like had a horrendous three or four week period. Oh, he absolutely horrendous yeah. one. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, I think the only one that's probably halfway close to him is probably Nick Pope, and 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 oh, this yeah. and, and, and they're fi- they're going to finish like bottom fifteenth in the Premier League. I'd say looks that way, but it, it's it's um it's just just as a by the way it looks like we're going to lose Tom Heaton because his his contract is up at the end of this season yeah yeah so you know there's a big decision to make there are, are we buying a goalkeeper as backup Demi Martinez or are we going to push the boat out and buy a goalkeeper young goalkeeper that's going to push him for his place so there's, there's a lot going to happen this summer too because we will have to buy because you don't you don't survive up in the top half of the league if you don't have proper backup in all positions. And you've, you've seen what's happened with Liverpool. You've seen what happened with Man City when when he when some of these keepers weren't available. Um, and they, they have it run through an absolute nightmare form. So we can't you can't have that. So we I've always felt confident that we had once Tom Heaton came back that we'd adequate backup if anything was happening to Amy Martinez. The same way tonight when when Tyrone Mings went down. And it looked like it was a nasty enough injury and wasn't getting back up. I was going, mm. okay, we have cover. That could be a season over. We'll we'll move on. But in turn out he was fine. But th- that's just the point I'm making. The back, the cover is there. I knew Courtney House was on the bench or whoever it be, Bjorn Engels was covered there. It's fine. But if, if you if you lose your goalkeeper and you haven't got out of cover, then there's trouble. Now, what's to say Tom Eaton won't sign a new contract? Is it really just speculation with Man United? Who knows? Yeah, I I think I I think with goalkeepers, I'm not as worried as I used to be about goalkeepers because what we were doing is we were bringing in older goalkeepers to be our first choice. Pepe Reina last year, point in case. Um, yeah. Whereas I think that we'd be able to pick up a, a very very good good quality experienced goalkeeper probably on a free transfer or for half nothing. Um, who's to say Jed Steer isn't in their plans? Um, you know. Like I know, last last season we had a bit of a, a merry-go-round of of goalkeepers, but mm. um, it's like like adequate cover is, um, Jed Steer potentially could be adequate cover, or you could pick pick somebody up. You know, you could yeah. like I'm sh- Stuart Taylor would come out of retirement if he's if he's I don't even know his retirement. <laughs> I think he might even still be with Man City. Oh no, really? Scott Carson. Scott Carson, I think took the um. Took the role with Man City. Took that role with Man City, um, but no, you, you'll. I, I think you'll pick up a goalkeeper. So, uh, but the the big thing is that thankfully, 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 and I know when they do get injured, they get usually tend to get bad injuries. But when goalkeepers are good, like goalkeepers don't tend to get injured that often. So, mm. um, uh, I'm okay with bringing in an older head uh, and there, and and you know that there's uh there's a couple of kids coming up through the through the um through the academy that maybe that. That guy Philip Marshall, they seem to think uh, highly of yeah. him. Um, uh, Anod- a Casanodi was sitting behind yeah. Dolly Watkins tonight, which was yeah. I knew no. when I saw him, I went, "Paddy loves Anodi for some strange reason." You were a big <laughs> fan of his, and he played against Liverpool. I thought of you when I saw him as well. <laughs> and there's another guy. Was it uh, Simalco? So I, I can't pronounce his name. Uh, I think he's uh, I think he's Finnish. I'm not quite sure, but he was out in loan this season. Um, yeah. for for a period of time that I know they think highly of him, but uh, Philip Marshall I think is 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 one of the ones that they and, and they're all going to be like just tomorrow is actually a really big day as well, and we we we'll finish off the podcast and that later on, but we still have a lot to talk about in this game. Uh, we've gone completely off topic really in this game, but that's okay too. It wasn't the most entertaining of games. No. Um. So we've talked about Matt. We uh, talked about um about Grealish. We've talked about um about Emmy Martinez. The two mats I want to talk about next. One of them had a, you know, it looks like he's probably his season is over with 10 days left in the season. You know, yeah. Matty Cash pulled up with a hamstring injury. Didn't even see when he did it. I just the camera panned him and he was sitting down on the ground. But yeah. looks like he picked up a reoccurrence maybe of his hamstring injury that he had a couple of weeks ago. And uh, unfortunately, he had to go off just before halftime, which really kind of hamstrung us. That's an absolutely awful pun. To use that. It wasn't even a pun. It was an awful analogy to use. Uh, just force of habit. So apologies to Matty Cash on that one. 
but um, it completely kind of put us behind the eight ball because I think that we would have wanted to make more and more substitutions the more attacking sense they go for the game. But I feel sorry for Maddie Cash, but I'm also of the opinion that, listen, look, he's got a long break now to get ready and come back because he's been he's been really solid this season. And yeah. he was playing well yeah. up until that. He was playing really, really well. Yeah. Um, can't argue with anything there. Uh, I think he just overextended the hamstring there in, in a movement, and that seems to be what happened. Um, but look, he's been absolutely immense for us. He's been a brilliant sign and absolutely brilliant. Um, you said you, you started off by saying the two mats, the, the two mm-hmm. mats have been absolutely phenomenal. Um, I can't believe how lucky we were to, to <laughs> Matt Target when we signed him. I kind of went, Is this a step forward? Bloody sure it's a step forward. He's been absolutely immense and he's grown and grown as time has gone on. Um, every time I look at him, he just seems he just seems to be an inch taller because he's just grown in stature and confidence. Every time I see him, he's a smashing player. But uh, I felt sorry for for uh, Matty Cash. Um, the one thing it probably does do is give us a, gives us a few games to say goodbye to Elmo. Um, looks like he probably won't be renewing his, his deal at the end of the season. But uh, the fans back in the in the stadium against Chelsea will give him an opportunity to get a send off because it's looking like he will he will play. Um, I can't imagine, regardless of how. Minor, they see this hamstring injury. I don't think it, it will see him back before the end of the season, which is which is a pity too. Um, yeah, and and I'm I'm a big fan of Akmal Mohammadi. Uh, you know, we always think, oh, maybe he's going to get cut out. Maybe he's going to get cut for pace, but he just never does. No. He, just, he, he just never does. Consummate professional came into this league. Uh, you know, a lot of time ago, I'm going to say he must be in the league over ten years. And, uh, mm. you know, to be able to, not in the league, but in English football over 10 years, obviously he would have spent time well, in, the, he's in, in the league over 10. Well, he's, he's been in and out. With, I think he, when he joined Sunderland, they were in the, the Premier League. So, yeah, but, and he was in the championship with us, you know, as well. So yeah. what I'm saying is like he's been he's been in a top level of English football for uh, for quite a long time. You know, consummate professional that people seem to love him. You know, I wouldn't be surprised to see him. He he he's the kind of guy that you see uh, announce his retirement, and then all of a sudden you see him sitting in a dugout with Mark De- with Mark Delaney, you know, um, inside in the coaching setup yeah. because he's the kind of fella that I think that once he gets his gets his uh, feet in at the table at a club and he enjoys being in a club, I think he's the kind of fella that will want to ro- want to grow that club. And I think he just loves football. You just see it by him. Mm-hmm. I think I think once again you talk about culture setters. You talk about uh, talk about trends. Um, I, I suppose people leaders with it with, within within that people with their head screwed on. I think he'd be he, he might be somebody like like Emilia Yednak. Like Emilia Yednak has come back and he's now yeah. coaching in the club. You know, Emilia Yednak was only here what a year, year and a half. Like uh, a born leader, I, I think in a way Elmo, Elmo is a leader, a leader from that point of view as well. And look, Father Time catches up with everybody, you know. Yeah. He know himself, but you know to be able to stay in the game and 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 he may not want to go coaching. He may want to go back to, you know, he may want to go back to Egypt to, with his family. But mm. saying that, like majority's family have probably grown up in 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 England, so he might want to stay here. So you know, it's it's just he's just one of these characters that you could see having a good career as a coach or yeah. uh, as a manager, assistant manager, and and I wish him all the best. That we're, we're we're almost writing his eulogy here, which is unfair because no, he could, he could sign a one year deal at the end of the season. That we could be all kind of say if he signed a one year deal, I'd, I'd actually be happy enough. I would I wouldn't see it as a step backwards at all because there was one game he came on maybe as a substitute this season where I thought he was off the pace, but I think it was against one of the bigger teams. Someone will message me and tell me what it was because I did say it on the podcast and I distinctly remember saying it. But the the guy the guy is obviously a leader. He's very well liked. Um, thirty three probably still has another year in him. You know, a guy that really looks after himself. Uh, good clean living um, is, is is going to be well able to play up to 34 in the Premier League so um, who knows there might be another deal on the on the table for him yeah as I say he's uh, look even if he does leave the club he leads with a pat in the back from me anyway because you know he don't have a bad word to say about him can't fault him for anything honesty of effort as I say a leader always there when you need him uh, what was it somebody called him? I think one of the players called him. I think it might have been McGinn called him the Egyptian Beckenbauer when uh, we were on the the, the um, 
what was it, the trip to the US and he stood in center half. I think uh one of the games and I think I think uh McGinn called him the Egyptian Beckenbauer. So uh, uh just look that's that's another great thing about this about this particular team the the togetherness and the kind of the crack and the the almost they've almost created their own colloquial kind of collect connection mm. together um and, and and i love to see that and i think look it transcends the ages you talked about him being 33 you know what age is john mcginn 26 jack 26 you know you've got players like that jacob ramsey 19 jacob ramsey somebody who i think is going to really fit into this team and an off season and another another off season of growth for him, you know, is going to be just just like manna from heaven for the likes of Jacob Ramsey. Um, but yeah, look, as I say, uh, we've gone kind of tangential, but but yeah. I, I'm okay with I'm okay with Ahmed and Mohamed. We, we have the possibility of Freddie Gilbert coming back in, and we also yeah have, we also have a great shine in light of Kane Hayden Kessler, who everybody seems to think is ready. So absolutely, um, who absolutely. knows. Who knows? Well, what I what I want to do is I'm going to change tack as well, Paddy. There because we've we've spoken a lot about this game, more so about the players. Uh, the the game was pretty uneventful and 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 like there was no real talking point. Um, we did get it. We did get something from from VAR. VAR went in our favor. Uh, everybody, uh, I don't think it was a red card. I genuinely don't. Yeah, he, he caught him late, but the the only person I saw saying it was a, a red card was a a Leeds fan on Twitter. For, for some reason we're living rent free in their heads so they love to come onto our Twitter pages and, and put this kind of shite up but it was, it was quite obvious that he was coming in he was coming in to shield the ball a player came in from the side it was a free kick there was no way his eyes were transfixed on the ball he was he was coming in to try and uh, shield the ball as such his foot was high it's a free kick in the story I think do you know what I like Dominic Calvert-Lewin I like oh, Dominic yeah. because he could have gone down and claimed the penalty at one stage when yeah. when Emmy Martinez came out and he but he got up and he tried to bring. I like mm. him. He plays with a smile on his face. He looks like a happy happy go lucky kind of guy. He didn't make an absolute meal out of that. Didn't make an absolute meal out of uh, out of that challenge. Oh no, where's Paddy gone? <laughs> so, but I I do like Dominic Calvert Loon for sure, and um, you know, fair play to him for that because that is kind of something that's that's slightly lacking in uh in a lot of players uh you know in, in the Premier League at, at at the moment, um, so I seem to have lost Paddy there, but I'm going to continue on because I want to talk to you guys a small bit about the uh the the FA Cup semi-final youth FA cup semi-final which is uh on tomorrow uh friday and it's on bt sport uh myself and paddy uh well uh, i i can't i'm i'm clear we, we're going to call it the for the love of pop oh paddy's back thanks be to god i was rambling there i was signing <laughs> you up for stuff to do with the with the fa cup semi-final and everything there for a moment paddy i was signing you up for stuff you might be able to do um fa cup semi-final youth youth semi-final on tomorrow what time is kickoff I can't remember, so I'm glad Six you're back. Six o'clock, absolutely brilliant. I am getting a fresh haircut tomorrow morning. Would you believe the barber is opening up nice and early for me? I get a fresh haircut. We have nice FA Cup semi-final haircut, and you know what? We might come on. We might have a little chat before the FA Cup semi-final. I don't know how many people are going to be interested, but I'm really, really excited about this. We had uh, Philogene Bades, Kenny Chuck Mwenka. We spoke about Kane Hayden Kessler. Aaron Ramsey is going to be there. Louis Barry is going to be there. Uh, Dam, um, there's going to be, um, oh Jesus, I've forgotten his name. Mungo Bridge is still underage, I think, as well. There's just going to be, there's going to be some really, really, really good players on show here. And look, it's against West Brom. So, you know. Absolutely. And it's on, BT, to love. It's on BT Sports. So why, why can't we go and enjoy it? Like, uh, like it's, it's meant to be. Because this is... Um, this is as close as we're going to get to go to go back to the days of that. Uh, I've I've actually got more high hopes about these guys than I do about the next guys gen team. Next yeah. So, um, it, it it's going to be a really really good game. Um, there's a lot at stake as well. The winner of this gets a home final. Yeah. Um, it's normally a two legged final at that stage, but it's 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 over one leg. So, um. I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, six o'clock kickoff tomorrow. I think it's BT Sports One. Could be wrong. We'll flick around there if it's. Uh, it's definitely BT Sports anyway. Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely, yeah. And it's uh look, I, I'm really, really excited about it. Um Paddy, how do you we're going we do a team sheet tantrum for tomorrow? We do something. I think we could do, we could do, yeah. yeah. Watch this space. Um, I was well, Paddy wasn't here. I was going to sign him up to do a watch along, but I don't know. Uh, I don't know how one of those would go down. But you never know. We could be convinced. We could be convinced to do a watch along. Um, but no, like we've there's there's going to be some really really good players on show. Like I like to look at that uh, of the um of the the Dutch guy they brought in. Swinkles seems to be like a very very versatile defender. He's going to be there. Um, obviously they've got Bogard, another Dutch defender as well there. That uh, that kid Paula Paya, who um, he, I think he came on as uh, as a sub the last day, and uh, you know he very 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 fluid getting up and down there as well. Really really good player. Um, there's just there's, there's quite a lot of lot of um, lot of talent uh, there. I'm just flicking down through it. Obviously you've got Krisene in there. Uh, Reki, the is it Reki? Is that how you pronounce yeah, the name? Arjun Reki. Um, really like the look of him. I really, really like the look of him. He's really, even since the start of the yeah. season, I've mentioned it before in another podcast, bulked up something cruel and, and really high hopes for him. Really liked him. Just does the right thing with the ball all the time. And you know what? That gets you a career in the, in, in the football league. I'm not saying, I'm not denigrating him saying that he won't play in the Premier League. He absolutely could because he's a, he's a physically strong guy. And I think that yeah. he started off very much out in the wing. And, and and the last day he was playing in a number eight position, you know, and he moved into the center. So I'm going to be, if he starts in around the center, I'm going to be all eyes on him tomorrow because I was really, really impressed by him. There's actually a couple of, a uh, couple of Irish players that are in and around the squad. There's a Tommy O'Reilly. He's a, he, he's a lot younger than, um, than a lot of other players there as well. And there's a, there's an Aaron O'Reilly. So there's two, two O'Reillys. Aaron O'Reilly was the, um, did he sign? I think he signed for them from St. Pat's. If I'm not mistaken, he's only about 16 years of age. But Tommy O'Reilly, I'm not 100 percent sure where he where he came from. Um, but uh, it's T O M M I. That's how that's why his name stood out to me as well when I was looking him up a couple of weeks ago. But I didn't do any digging in. So if we've any Irish fans here, and we sure we do, that know who Tommy O'Reilly is, um, we'd love to know because we'd like to keep up to date with any of the any of the um the 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 Irish players that are there. Um, obviously up front then you're going to have the likes of Brad Young. Uh, he's going to be in and around there as well. So uh, you know he's a very he'll good cracker, player. He's a cracking striker as well. Yeah, look forward to that. Yeah. Paddy, Ruben Shackpok. Do you remember him? There was a big deal made out of signing him from Norwich. I think it was Norwich. I haven't seen mm. a whole pile of him this year. No. I'm kind yeah, of asking yeah. you the question now. I'm not expecting you to know the answer, <laughs> but he was he was prolific for Norwich. But we haven't seen a whole pile of him this year. Um, he's a 2004 birth date, so that would make he's him still very young. Yeah, so that would make him 17, wouldn't it? Yeah, he's probably still under seven, under 16 even this season. So he'll be under 17 next year. One for the future, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, well, he was prolific anyway at that, at that grade, but complete. I actually kind of forgot all about him. He's had five seasons, just looking at it here, he's actually five appearances, one start, two goals, so he played 145 minutes. Two goals in 145 minutes is good going. Um, that's uh, that's actually very, very good going. And a hundred percent of his goals have been inside the box. I don't know if he's been injured once again. If anybody has any uh, news on that, let us know. But uh, a guy that I've co- that I just completely forgotten all about until I saw him on a list there uh, earlier on today. But mm. um, look, going to be a really interesting game tomorrow. I'm really. Tommy O'Reilly was actually on the bench against Newcastle because I remember trying to find out more information about him at the time, but he he never got on, so I didn't get to see. Yeah, yeah. You never know. Um, Never know exactly. Yeah, yeah. He, he he looks very young, but uh, as I say, if anybody knows anything about him, please let us know and give uh, give us a shout. Uh, but we will be watch out for it on Twitter. We will we'll we'll do something for. It. We might have a team sheet tantrum for it. Uh, we might uh, come in and and do a, a post game on it as well. But uh, look, I'm just really enthused by Aston Villa at the moment. I don't know a lot of lot of people maybe be fatigued about the way the season has gone. But I don't know. I just seem to be coming in and getting a second wind at the moment. And uh, the more I can do of, uh, of of chatting about Villa at the moment, the more I will do. Believe me, because uh, it's uh, it's. I, I I think there's a lot of positives underneath the currents. I suppose there's a lot of positives going on at the moment. So um, yeah. So uh, so so why not talk about them? Uh, anything else to be forgotten about, Paddy? Well, I just wanted to, I just wanted to say uh, best of luck to 
all, all our listeners and friends and season ticket holders that applied for tickets for the Chelsea yes. game, they should find out tomorrow if they were successful. So uh, it's a big day for people tomorrow because it's a huge light at the end of the tunnel knowing that you're mm. going to get back to Villa Park next week. And, uh, you know, I hope there's a good sprinkling of, of those listening to us that will go and enjoy it. And regardless of the result, because I know that it's such a huge part of people's lives. Like, look at us. We we, we give up our free time just to talk shite sometimes about it, but sometimes we, we make a bit of sense or we piss people off and some people just enjoy it. But look, it's a huge part of our lives. I, I, I'd give anything to be... Uh, to be going next week. Unfortunately, our government aren't allowing us travel just yet. Plus, I'm not vaccinated. Mm. So, uh, but that's coming along nicely. We're not too far away from that. So, I'm kind of hopeful I'll be back for the new season to be able to to travel over. And, uh, yeah. So, fingers crossed for those guys tomorrow that have applied. Didn't apply myself, but I'll be back in August or September, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. As you say, like it is, it's 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 huge. It, it Look, I know it's, I know it's it's a well run out cliche, but it is kind of like a religion for people, you know, to get over there and stuff. And um, while I haven't gone anywhere near as much as 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 a lot of other people, and certainly haven't gone as much in the last few years, just due to commitments yeah. here and stuff. Um, you know, like I got up this morning at seven o'clock to start work at seven o'clock so that I could finish work a bit early because the team sheet tantrum needed to be done. And I'm sitting here at a computer, either sitting near the computer or watching TV since. 10 minutes to five and we're now coming up it is just coming up on midnight so like that's seven hours that's an extra work day and i wouldn't change it for the world i'm not looking for any pats in the back from anybody i've been talking about aston villa watching aston villa i i like i'm gonna get pelters you know from the other half about it but look it's just it's it's one of the small things that's brought a light to my life during the um during the pandemic and it's it's brought me closer to the club again should i say even that uh, i can just get to talk to everybody that likes yourself on twitter get on with, with lads in the villa view you know go on the whole cast go on whatever podcast and just talk about aston villa mm. to me it's made a huge difference to 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 me it keeps me smiling and uh you know i can only imagine what it means for those guys and th- this has become my routine with aston villa you know over the last yeah. two three years uh two years specifically since they started doing this but for, i can imagine for those people with their routine of getting the kids ready you know hopping in the car going to villa park you know having the place where they get the get the burger before the match you know where they have the point it's just going that's 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 going to be like so um needed for those people and and I, I would I wish everybody gets a ticket, but obviously they can't tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but but I, we, I, in, in August we'll all, we'll all be back. We'll all we'll, be back. We'll all be partying and we'll all enjoy it. And you know, it, it it's become a huge part of my life. Even in I suppose since we were relegated, it you know, because yeah. I've been able to go with my son for the last five years, have our season tickets, um, enjoy all those trips to Wembley since twenty fifteen. Yeah. It's, just it, it, Aston Villa just gives you so much as a supporter that we probably you look at those guys on Twitter talking absolute shite and you're saying to yourself, you know, you need you need to give your head a wobble and look at look at the enjoyment that this club gives you. If it doesn't give you enjoyment, stop talking about it and go and watch someone else you want. You know, this is this is this is our love and this is our passion. And some yeah. people don't get it. Some people just don't uh, get it. This is our. Well, this is what we love to do in our spare time. And we so, all have mates that, that say, like, why did you follow Aston Villa? You know, we and we probably get it more than most because we're not yeah. from Birmingham or whatever. And and realistically, we don't have a tie to to, yeah. to Aston Villa Football Club through our fathers or our father's father. Or it isn't a hereditary supporter, you know, or whatever. But, you know, I, I always say it to people because... I always try and try and I'm not going to say make a joke of it, but I always try and make it lighthearted and try and make people understand that look, it's for happiness, really. But and, re, and everyone goes, but why don't you follow a winner? And realistically, I say, but you think about how boring winning gets. And now, look, I don't mean this when I say it, but people very rarely have a comeback when you say this and you say, listen, we go out and we beat West Brom 3 2. I'll go on the batter that night and I'll have a rack of points and I'll be the happiest man in the pub. Whereas if Man United fans beat West Brom 3-2, they'll be given out about conceding two goals, you know? Yeah. So you can live in the moment when you're an Aston Villa fan and enjoy every little victory and they become memorable and you don't lose memories, you, you know? And, and 
it's it's bizarre what you want to get out of it. And we're getting very deep in this, you know, and it's it is oh, twelve o'clock. And I and I probably I probably we're probably bored here talking because we're overtired or something along those lines, but uh, that's really what it is. So but it, it is a huge the reason we're talking about it is it's a huge day for a lot of people tomorrow. And yeah. don't underestimate how big that is for people when someone gets a ticket on Twitter. Say, well done, great, enjoy yeah. the game. Don't don't be giving out to them. It's just it's just a bit of luck to get a ticket tomorrow. So uh you know, I wish it was me. I can't go. I didn't apply, but it, it'll come around again, and I'm just so looking forward to it. I had a big worry that we're going to grow out of it, but uh, he seems to be looking forward to getting back there himself. I had a feeling Neil, Neil might have been looking for a season ticket. <laughs> Uh, well, I, I am. I will be looking for a season ticket when it goes back up again. Maybe, maybe not next year, but maybe the year after. Um, but uh, no, there's no way. Sure, you can't get that that uh green, black, and red Muller jersey off the off the off Stephen's back anyway. I think he's think he's a he's a Villa fan for life now. So there's no no turning back. Um. Yeah, but best of luck to everybody tomorrow. Is uh, anybody who gets one of the golden tickets? It's like Willy Wonka's factory. You know, there's going to be golden tickets going out there. So fair play to whoever does get it. And you know what? Go there, go to Villa Park, make the club proud, make all the fans at home proud, and roar your absolute lungs out um, mm. uh, at, at that game and support the boys and let them let them know what what. Uh, you know what they've missed in not having the fans there because we've certainly missed them as well. Yeah. Um, that's going to do it, guys. That's going to do it. Um, we will, yeah, keep an eye on Twitter. As I say, we don't have anything set in stone, but we will do something tomorrow for the FA Cup semi final because, uh, you know, once again, I just said that we celebrate all our wins and why not celebrate something like this because, uh, you know, it's going to bring us some happiness tomorrow. But um, stay safe, everybody. Thanks a million for watching. Thanks a million for everything you do for the podcast. Like, share, retweet. Costs nothing to do. Really appreciate if you do it. Um, if you're not following us on YouTube and maybe you don't use YouTube that often, please just subscribe anyway. You know, it's always good. You never know. You might like something that we put up there because we will be doing some um, kind of uh, scouting. I'm not going to say scouting analysis because it sounds kind of a bit pretentious, but we might be doing one or two things over the summer where, whereby it's YouTube specific. But uh, the majority, obviously, we will be staying on on, on the other platform more so than not. Um, but all that little stuff helps us. Thanks a million, Paddy, for popping on. You can find Paddy on at Villa Paddy. Thanks a million to. I was going to say thanks a million to me. It really is late. Thank uh, thanks a million to. Thanks a million to me for popping on to my uh, to my own podcast as well. You can catch me on at Love McGrath. <laughs> but uh, that's it, guys. Nil all versus Everton. I've done too much talking for today, and all that's left to say is up the Villa. Up the Villa. Podcast Network. Hi, this is Will Friedle. In a world that sometimes feels uncertain, where communities can be disconnected, there are beacons of hope in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network. They believe that the people living all around you are your best bet at creating meaningful social bonds and preparing you for the next big weather event. Whether it's lending a helping hand to a neighbor in need or standing together in times of natural disaster, Neighbor to Neighbor empowers you to grow your community. Visit caneighbors.com to learn how you can help build a more connected community. Neighbor to neighbor, it takes a neighborhood.